1: 6 p.m. Book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpresscom amex Terms apply. Welding instructor Alex DeClair knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills.
0: Thanks for listening to the best of Herd Podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday from 12 to 3 Eastern, 9 to noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and FS1. Find your local station for the Herd at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching Herd. This is the Best of the Herd with Colin Cowherd on Fox Sports Radio.
3: What up? Welcome in. This is the Herd, wherever and however you may be making this part of your day. Thanks so much for joining us alongside the lovely and talented and always prepared Joy Taylor. I'm Doug Gottlieb here with you for the entirety of the week. Man, we got a great show. Our buddy Nick Wright from First Things First going to join us half past the hour. Uh, Resident Tom Brady hater and Crazy man, Rob Parker will join us next hour. Greg Jennings will join us. Plus, we'll take you to Cleveland, where we react to uh, last night's Hard Knocks. I know, Joy, you watched Hard Knocks, as, yes. as, as, as did I, and we'll get the get the feeling from Mary Kay Cabot, who's covered the the Browns for years. I want to discuss how what we saw was a depiction of a Browns team that has a bad culture, a coaching staff trying to change that culture. But I'll tell you upcoming why I think that culture is actually going to get worse before it gets better. The
4: most interesting team this year.
3: The most interesting I'm sticking team. I'm i with that. I'm, I'm, I'm coming around. I, I don't know most interesting. I'm coming around to my level of interest in the Browns, right? I'm, I'm coming around. I'm, I'm not completely, uh, but from but from, uh, Monday, from Monday until now. But from one, like, you know, you do a 180 to be a complete turnaround. I'm somewhere in the 90 degree Category. Well,
4: maybe Mary Kay will convince you.
3: But f- fair, fair enough. Let, let's dig right in uh, with the Patriots and the Eagles, who are set to match up in a preseason game. Now, look, let's be honest, it's just a preseason game. But um, Lane Johnson is, and, you know, for better or for worse, and I actually like that Lane Johnson is sticking by what he said in the offseason, in which many of the Eagles have kind of echoed their. Uh, their distaste, their disdain for the Patriot way. They don't have fun. We don't like them. Here's Lane Johnson defending his previous statements about the Pats.
2: Are you expecting any type of uh, backlash, for lack of better words, for the comments that you've made? That oh, yeah, I hope so. I hope they raise hell they cuss me and they can just say whatever they want. At the end of the day, I'm not blocking them. I'm blocking the guys on the edge. So it really doesn't matter what they say. I know that I'm not going to be well-liked. I know this team ain't going to be well-liked going in there, so that's going to make us so they can bring out our best.
3: Now look, Lane Johnson is saying this, but it's a, it's a preseason game. And the reality is he is right. The crowd doesn't truly affect any sort of blocking between Lane Johnson and the edge rushers. Um, but here's the thing that I think that Lane Johnson and others don't have a healthy enough respect for, which I think they will at the end of the season. The Patriots haven't just been good. They've been consistently good or good. Even consistently great. The, the league is designed to bring you back down to earth. And the Eagles, who last year had a fourth-place schedule, this year have a first-place schedule. Now, now did they dodge a couple of bullets? Yeah, they could have played at Minnesota. They get Minnesota at home, right? When they go to Tampa week two of the season, they're not going to get Jameis Winston. They're going to get Ryan Fitzpatrick. So there's some things have already worked out their way. But, but the, the fact that you get a first-place schedule, for one year after getting a last-place schedule, I, I think at some point will dawn on the Eagles how much respect you should have for what the Patriots have done. Right? Like, look, we can all sit here and say, well, the Patriots play in the AFC East. And like, Joy, you and I discussed yesterday, with all these issues, with any of the backlash and terrible feelings from what happened losing the Super Bowl and not playing Malcolm Butler, the fact is I don't know a soul out there that wouldn't bet the Patriots are going to be in the playoffs to win their division because... You know, Buffalo and New York at some point are both going to start rookie quarterbacks. And the, the, the Dolphins are trying to change uh, the character of their team, but they've gotten rid of some of their most, if not their most talented players. And You got Ryan Tannehill coming off an ACL. No one thinks anyone outside of the Pats, even with all their issues in the offseason, all their injury issues at wide receiver, thinks they're not going not to make the playoffs and win their division. That said, to every year, I mean every year, play a first place schedule. And here's the other thing. What's the Shakespearean line? Heavy is the head that wears the crown. Which, oh yeah, by the way, is not actually the line. Uh, It's uneasy lies the head that wears the crown. And we've changed that and tweaked that into heavy is the head that wears the crown. Sounds better. Close enough, right? You
4: know, what did Shakespeare
3: know? Right. Um, But the Shakespearean line, the Shakespearean line is in fact true. It's not just that the Patriots play a first-place schedule every year. It's that you can't find a human being outside of a Patriot fan, outside of a Smitty with a white hat, kind of cocked to the side, that loves his Pats. Outside of that guy, outside of Bostonian guy, no one likes the Pats. It's, they've been good. They're viewed as cheaters, right? Deflategate, Spygate, you name it. Right? They're good. They're viewed as cheaters. They they're from a part of the country that that frankly has seen a ton of success with the Red Sox, with the Celtics, and with that Celtics with that success breeds even more disdain. They have a coach that won't any, ever let anybody in. They they usually are a terrible quote. And oh yeah, by the way, you have The brazen arrogance of Tom Brady to be damn good looking, dashing, and to be married to a supermodel. All of these things, which if you're a Patriot fan, you love. If you're not, you don't like. Why does that matter? Because you get everybody's best shot. You just do. Now, you can say, well, listen, in the NFL, there's only 16 games, 17 weeks. Everybody plays at a peak level. And to some level, you're you're accurate. But we all know it's different when the Pats come to town. Like, if you, buy, if you buy a season ticket package, right, the one or two tickets that you actually use are when the Patriots come to town. Why? Because you want to see greatness and it's going to be a full house and you kind of like to see your team beat the Pats. Buffalo is not any good. Right? They finally made the playoffs for the first time in over a decade. But you know what? Every time the Patriots set, set foot in Buffalo, that place is a zoo. Same thing with the Jets. The Jets' seasons have been made by beating the Patriots. Same thing is true with the Dolphins, that that's only in their division. Everywhere they go, they're the biggest game of the season. And that's what the Eagles don't have a healthy enough respect for. It's not just that it's the Patriots, it's their consistency of, of success, which is disgusting in comparison to the rest of the league trying to do it a second time in many ways is harder than doing it the first time. Right? Last year they were the underdog. Last year they did have a lot of guys that were told no. Right? What was it that Jason Kel- that that uh that Kelsey said, right? At the at the at the victory parade, right? Lane Johnson can't stay off the juice, right? He's t- like look, you go through all these guys and there're plenty of guys that were told no. E- even their head coach w- was I mean, he'd, he'd never, he wouldn't considered to be of that elk. I mean, Doug Peterson was not on the top of anybody else's list. Howie Roseman had lost power when Chip Kelly was there. He regained power, changed, flipped over that roster, got back his guys, hired his own coach, and all of a sudden now they win a Super Bowl. And look, to the victors go the spoils. You're allowed to puff out your chest. But the lack of respect for the consistency of success in a league which, schedule-wise, and we don't talk about schedule enough, is designed to bring you back down to earth. Combined with the fact that the Patriots are not a well-liked organization, matter of fact, a hated organization by fans around the league, and that they're everybody else's biggest game, I think is a lesson that the, that the Eagles are going to learn. I mean, look, look, look in the NFC East, and... Last year, it was the Eagles. They were playing on a last place schedule. The year before, it was the Cowboys. Why were the Cowboys so good? They were playing a last place schedule. The schedule does, in fact, matter. At some point, you do have to be good. And, And so when I point out that, you know, look, they're playing the Titans, for example, in a in, in, a, in a game, in a crossover game against the AFC. Like the Titans only really made the playoffs because Baltimore spit up all over themselves and the Chargers couldn't make a field goal, right? The Chargers and the and the Ravens were better football teams than, than the Titans. The Titans thought so much of their playoff run, they fired their head coach. They were not a good team last year. Marcus Mariota had more interceptions than he did touchdowns last season. So they do sort of luck out in a first-place schedule that... That if you, if you said, well, Tennessee playoff team on the road, they go to New Orleans, always a difficult place to play. They cross over against the NFC South, but they don't have to play Atlanta on the road. They don't have to play Carolina on the road. Those are the two toughest teams in the NFC South outside of New Orleans, right? So there, there is some, it is a little bit softer than generally a first place championship schedule would be, but that's not the point. The point is, here's a league which is designed to bring you back down to earth here's a Patriot team that has stared that down and still found a way to be consistent. Like, you can't, most people can't name the Patriots wide receivers that are going to line up outside the numbers with Julian Edelman suspended and all the other injuries come week one in the NFL. And you know what? We're still picking the paths. So, look, I understand that Lane Johnson deserves a little bit of respect because he said it, he owned it, and he ain't scared to go into New England. Congratulations. It's a preseason game. And fans can't really affect you. But in his heart of hearts, and what the Eagles, I think, will in fact learn, is that repeating is really, really hard. The schedule's more difficult, and you're every team's biggest game. Everyone. How they react to that, how they react to that adversity, in addition to when their quarterback come, becomes healthy, what they do with Foles, All that is fascinating to me that I think we'll learn. It's games. We can use analytics all we want. We can use preseason prognostication. Hell, we can even use the records. But the thing about sports which defies all stats is that there is something to certain games being bigger. Whether it's because it's on a Thursday night or a Sunday night or a Monday night or simply because you wear a ring that everybody else in the league wants. When the Philadelphia Eagles walk into Tampa, walk into Tennessee, two places that are normally tame. It's completely different when you're a champ. The Patriots know that, and the Patriots have been successful in spite of that. It'd be fascinating to see if the Eagles can do the same.
0: Be sure to catch live editions of the herd weekdays at noon Eastern, nine AM Pacific on Fox Sports Radio, FS One and the iHeartRadio app.
3: Peter Stoffler Uh, Tweets me talking about luck. Atlanta doesn't run the foot, you know, runs the football, kicks a field goal, or Seattle runs for a touchdown. Two Super Bowls that they shouldn't have even had. Talking about the New England Patriots. Look, we can play that game all day if you'd like, right? I mean, if you want to go to the Philadelphia Eagles, Aaron Rodgers hurt last year. Heck, Tony Romo uh, retired because he was he was injured. If Romo. And Aaron Rodgers, heck, you go to the Minnesota Vikings who, of course, went through quarterbacks. Or if you even look just at the, the Philadelphia Eagles taking on the Atlanta Falcons, the Falcons, who lost the Super Bowl that they should have won the year before, they had a chance to beat the Eagles in Philadelphia. They complete one pass. They complete one fourth down pass to Julio Jones. And suddenly now the Eagles are beaten at home, granted with the backup quarterback. So the idea that the Patriots are somehow... Uh, not worthy of being called an incredible dynasty, one that you have to respect because there's two Super Bowls that maybe they should not have won. You, you could make the opposite argument with, if not for the David Tyree catch, they win that Super Bowl. Like We can go round and round. The Patriots have not had a single-digit win season since Tom Brady's been their quarterback. There's, there's, no, there's no arguing that. Level of dominance that we just have not seen in this era of the National Football League. And, and one of the things that they've been able to do is maintain an incredible culture. And you don't have to like their culture, but you respect their culture. Getting more out of the group than you would think out of individuals that maybe, you know, otherwise... Haven't been viewed as such the, the West Welkers junior say coming out of retirement. Like you go through a list of incredible players that have played with the Patriots and been better there than they have elsewhere. The juxtaposition of that and a, a talented young Cleveland Browns team in watching hard knocks last night, I think is, is fascinating. Joy, I'm wondering, okay, you watch hard knocks. Right. Like what's your kind of quick takeaway two episodes in?
4: Of their culture? Because my Uh, biggest takeaway from Hard Knocks is is Hugh Jackson. He seems like a real player's coach to me, which I like, but I feel like that has to be matched with a culture all around. Like To me, the the issues that happen with teams that have dysfunction always start from the top. It's never just the coach's fault. Coaches don't make all of the decisions for the organization. There are people above them. These coaches have bosses and then those bosses sometimes have bosses. Right. So, to me in order to create a winning culture, which I can see that that's what they're trying to do, it's got to start from the very top. So, I feel like Hugh knows that this is the year he has to get everything done. You can sense that and feel that. It, in a weird way, they're kind of getting me to root for them. Like I want
3: to see oh, Hard Knocks,
4: I I, I kind of want to see them succeed, which goes against my entire DNA, but well,
3: Look, look, Hard Knox does that. Like the secret to Hard Knox is that do, like, do I think J.J. Watt really does spin moves in the dark in Houston? <laughs> like, no. But I remember coming out of that season all in on Bill O'Brien. No,
4: they romanticized the, right? the team for sure. But, but the Browns are, to me, they're different this year. They have a different feel. They have a different hype behind them. Like I, they've always been the throwaway team that's like, eh, it's, it's Cleveland.
3: Yes. Um, and I think there, there is a, a way in which it could work where you have the hard-ass off, offensive and defensive coordinators in a Todd Haley and a Greg Williams, and then you have the 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 players' coach, right? You got good cop and bad cop there, with 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 Hugh. Um, but you know, there was this there was this moment last night where I'm watching, and I it it dawned upon me they they have a culture problem in terms, and maybe it's how the TV show is made. We'll be honest, right? It is a TV show that like the TV show has made it so that. There's a competition there between Baker Mayfield and Tyrod Taylor. I know Baker wasn't really focused on last time around, but that's how we've, we've made it seem. But take a listen, or if you're watching, here's Hugh Jackson ripping players for their work ethic and Tyrod Taylor giving him some advice on how to fix it.
5: Stop walking! Everybody up. Come here. When the f- did we start walking around out here? When did we start our level all of a sudden becomes like this? When did that start, Kirko? Never. When? When did it start, Batonio? Never. I'm not watching that anymore. Coaches, you better get after these guys and get to where they're supposed to be and let them practice the way we practice. Back to the top, the one drop. Let's go. Hey, Hugh. Yeah. Hugh. You can keep a rolling, ca- a rolling camera up there and they can catch them. All you gotta do is show it one time in the meeting. And now guys are conscious of it and they build good habits of jogging off the field. Yeah. So,
3: show it in the film. Yeah. So listen, Tyrod Taylor says, "Show on film." Just show on film that they're walking from drill to drill, that they're not playing all that hard, which, which legit. Uh, Tyrod Taylor gets it, right? I mean, he's been a part the culture when he was in Baltimore. That was a championship caliber culture, and Tyrod Taylor is a pros pro. So much so that even go back to last episode when he said, "Hey Baker, you know, you, it's a competition. Get in there when Tyrod gets in there." But but here's where I think. He's fighting the culture battle, and it's going to get worse before it gets better. Twofold. One, Des Bryant's visiting today. And on paper, does adding Dez Bryant help? On paper, yeah, right? Des Bryant's been a pro bowler. Des Bryant's was an elite talent, and he doesn't have to be the number one guy. They have Jarvis Landry, so he could fit. But in addition to accepting a secondary or maybe even tertiary role, learning a new offense, you have that, can he get along with, last year he wasn't happy and he got over 130 balls thrown his way. How happy is he going to be when he gets 60 or 70, at most, balls thrown his way? Then here's the biggest problem. The guy who's the best culture changer in that locker room is the quarterback Tyrod Taylor. And he is almost certainly going to lose his job, even though he's done nothing to warrant losing his job. When you draft Baker Mayfield number one overall, you say, we want to sit him, we want to redshirt him, we're not going to let him go against the ones, we're going to do all these right things, John Dorsey, the GM, just like we did in Kansas City, we're going to sit him like we sat in Pat moments. That sounds good. Until you get to the middle of the season and people say, let's see the kid. And the one guy who's been the best part of the new culture, Tyrod Taylor, sixth round pick, took the Bills to the playoffs. The Bills tried to bench him last year, and he still found a way to succeed and prove him wrong. Comes over and totally buys into being a complete and consummate professional, so much so that he offers up some sage wisdom. Look, dude, you don't have to yell. Just show them on film how they look. That guy's going to lose his job. And you're going to bring in a Des Bryant. They're going to do it. And I think that's going to hurt their culture before they can possibly turn it around, especially with Hugh working for a guy who didn't hire him. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. There are things that you can count on in sports, right? There's just things you can count on in sports. It's like you you can almost expect to see... Steph Curry's one of these weird... When... When he shoots a basketball, you're, almost, you're more surprised when he misses than when he makes. S- statistics be damned, even though statistically he misses more shots than he makes. The fact is that that's just how the mind works. But you can almost, you're almost guaranteed, it feels like, when you watch the Golden State Warriors to see at least one stretch where they throw in a ridiculous number of threes in a row. The San Antonio Spurs are... D- d- does anybody realize... How ridiculous what they did, what they were able to achieve last season in even staying in the playoff hunt was. Kawhi Leonard plays nine games. When Tony Parker comes back from the same injury, which he said was 100 times worse, obviously, than Kawhi Leonard. Um, and he's washed up. Washed up. DeJounte Murray, who can't shoot. They played him a little bit too early. So they got DeJounte, DeJounte Murray. And just throw that Pau Gasol, LaMarcus Aldrich is recharged. And suddenly in the ever competitive West, they were right there. There is seven seed, but they're like two back of being a, being a three or a four seed. Equally impressive is what the Patriots do year after year. So when I read this story, I read the story. I take it with a grain of salt. Philip Dorsett, of course they traded for from Indy last year, suffers some knee injury in practice. Now, The early reports are that he's going to be okay, but Dorsett has he has not lived up to any of his billing when he was drafted in Indy or so far during his time in New England. Cordero Patterson, highly drafted guy, but a guy who's more of a returner. Eric Decker, there is a reason Eric Decker was uh, was on the street. Remember, they've already cut Jordan Matthews and Malcolm Mitchell. Kenny Britt, never healthy. Another guy probably hasn't lived up to his billing coming out of college. Julian Edelman, we know, not going to play the first four games. But in the things that you have to absolutely see to believe, and even then you might not believe them, the Patriots just figure out a way, right? They just figure out a way to whether they go on on the waiver wire or they just go down to the mall. Hey, how fast are you? Close enough. Can you catch? Can you line up in the right spot? Will you go where we want, when we want it? Cool. Show up at Gillette on Sunday, and we'll have Tommy Terrific throw you the football. I'd love to say the sky is falling. Gronk's never healthy. Edelman wasn't healthy last year off the ACL and not there the first four games. I can't tell you who else they're going to line up out wide. Even Braxton Berrios, who I really love out of Miami. Like, I'm like, there's a dude, feels like future Patriot, and sure enough, he is a Patriot. Like, I have no idea who they're but they find a way to make it work. They just do. They just do. It's, that's the, that's the, the biggest parallel between them and the Spurs, that they can just almost invent a guy. Chris Hogan, right? Like, like really, Chris Hogan? The, the only misconception about Chris Hogan is you think he's probably like 5'8", five, 5'9", five, right? Like Welker, like Amendola, he's actually 6'2". But they just find a guy to which no one else in the league has seemingly found a consistent use for. And they're not only useful, ridiculously effective. So I'd love to tell you that the sky is falling in New England because of this rash of injuries. Look, these are, they're getting hurt and they haven't even played legit preseason games. So they're going to sustain, the likelihood is they're going to sustain another injury or two. That's just, that's just the game. That's just the sport that they play. But I still have complete faith in the Patriots because, well, I got 15, 20 years of history to tell me that they're going to figure it out. And with that, we welcome in our crazy uncle, Rob Parker, Fox Sports 1 instigator. (laughs) By the way, he just got an award from the, um, I believe, the the, the, the National Association of Black Journalists, correct? Absolutely. He's a professor at USC, and he co-hosts a show called The Odd Couple with Chris Broussard, Sunday, 6 to 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Doug, what's happening? You love Tom Brady. You <laughs> y- you
5: secretly want to be Tom Brady. No, I don't. Tell
3: me I'm wrong that Tom Brady isn't going to find a way to figure it out, even though we have no idea who he's going to throw to.
5: You're wrong. Absolutely wrong. You're those guys, and a lot of people in the NFL do it. They pick the Patriots every year. There was like a 10-year stretch when the Patriots didn't win a Super Bowl before the, the last two that they won but yet people pick the Patriots every year you know this Doug teams like this that have sustained a long run and had success when they usually lose it the bottom drops out it's it's not a gradual where you go from 11 wins to 9 wins to 7 wins and then people say okay the run is all over it's 11 wins and then 7 wins and you don't make the playoffs and this is where it is I'm not one of these guys that likes to sound the alarm, but sound the alarm. The bottom is going to fall out. We saw it last year. Their defense, 24th rank. Did you see them get mopped up by a backup quarterback in the Super Bowl? Yes. They're not that good.
3: Was, Was the Eagles defense good? Yes. Did the Patriots punt in the Super Bowl?
5: It doesn't matter who won the game. Did they make the big play?
3: Did they make the big play against Tom Brady? They they did. They were still in the Super Bowl. The the question is, if you are not going to pick the Patriots, are you going to pick somebody else to win that division? I might pick the New York Jetropolitans.
5: Please please stop. I'm not stopping. How many drugs drugs have you taken? No, I haven't taken any drugs. All I'm saying is at some point, everything doesn't work out, Doug. And Tom Brady has had, when you start the year— with the AFC lease that he's played in for all these years, yes. with five and six wins to start the year. Sure. It makes it easier.
3: Okay, so why why would the run stop if we all agree, like, look, the Jets are gonna start a rookie quarterback probably at the start of the season, maybe early Tom on. Tom Brady's
5: forty one years old. Yes. Okay. Yes. Tom Brady won the MVP by default last year. Okay. And all I'm saying he still is still won the MVP. He, he the, did. Whether or not
3: he should have won the MVP or not, like he he just he won the
5: MVP. I got it. Okay. All I'm saying is that usually when when a dynasty or team of, of success has the end of that run, it's usually they fall off the cliff one year. That's usually what happens. Would yes. you agree with that? Yeah. Uh, yes, but usually you can see signs of them starting to fall apart and then— All the injuries, all the issues that they've had. I'm just saying, going in, you could go ahead and pick Tom Brady and the Patriots because it's an easy crutch— for guys who don't want to look deeper and just take the obvious. The Patriots are the obvious. I get it in the AFC. I saw the Jacksonville Jaguars lead 20 to 10 going into the fourth quarter. Did they win the game? Who no, they did you? not. Who hurt you? Nobody hurt me. Who hurt you?
4: I, I think he's been it's studying not, the not. law of attraction and he's trying to just speak this into existence and manifest it. Is that what it is? It's, it's, not, you have a vision it's not your board fault. You the, you do you want to do the goodwill hunting thing? What it's do you want me to do?
3: Fault. Lay on the couch? It's, it's, you got- not, it's not your fault. <laughs> it's, not. it's not. not your fault. All right, um, what, about the, what about the Eagles? Lane Johnson, he's like, look, I said what I said. I have no problem I saying that it. they— I love it. What's the likelihood that they see the same success year two that they saw— last year
5: i think that they have a better shot at seeing success because what they bring to the table if you told me nick Foles is going to do what he did again this year as a backup quarterback and play this well i'd tell you it's not going to happen that they're not going to win a super bowl but now you're telling me that carson wentz who was the mvp of the league has something to play for that super bowl ring that he got is cubic zirconia He wants the real deal. He wants to be the guy that leads that team. They got better. They made moves. They're not the underdog. Woe is me. Nobody respects us. They went and kicked the Patriots butt in the Super Bowl. They beat Tom Brady. They should feel as confident as ever. And now they got their MVP quarterback who's going to be ready at some point. And he's going to come back. He has something to prove. He won't let them get fat and, and lazy because they won a Super Bowl. You know why? Even though he was on the team and he has a ring, he knows deep down he didn't win. He wants to win. It's the best scenario for the Eagles. That's why I like them so All right, much. Listen, it's,
3: it's, it's, a, it's a great point that you make. The, the counter to that is, yes, while he is motivated, I guess, one, when do you play him? He might want to play right away. Do you wait? Because you're like, look, you're going to be our quarterback for 10 or 15 minutes. No, I got years. it. There could we, be a game or two. Okay. You don't so have to w- rush when do you do that? And you run the risk of re injury. You run the risk of him trying to prove how good he is. But then you have the rest of the team, which has its chest puffed out. Like, look, they were really good last year. Really good. They could have lost to the Falcons at home in week one. In, could in have, would have, quarter.
5: should have. You want me to go down to the, the Patriots? Patriots should be one in seven in Super Bowls. I could give you the list of everything that happened to them that worked out in Tom Brady's favor.
3: And they could they could very easily be undefeated in Super Bowls too if you if you want to kind of go the other way to it, right? David Tyree catches a ball against his helmet. Wes Welker drops a ball that hits his fingers. Like we we could do that.
5: The point you mean is, Tom that- Brady missed that throw to Welker. That was a missed throw. It hit him in his hands? No, it didn't hit him in his hands. Did it hands. hit him in his hands? He had to it, twist it, and, did it touch his and, hands? and change his Hold body. On.
3: Did it touch his hands?
5: No, no. Did it, did it touch Off his hands? Off the tip, that was an easy throw. Nobody was around him, Doug. You could take a look at that a million times. Skip Bayless is the biggest Tom Brady homer, and Skip Bayless will tell you Tom Brady missed that throw. He
3: did, he, he did miss the throw. It still hit Wes Walker's hands. It did. And, and Wes Walker. I, I believe Giselle said it best. My husband cannot catch every <laughs> ball that he threw. Um, All right, real quickly, uh, Kyle Kuzma thinks that people are underrating, undervaluing this Lakers bunch now that we see the roster. What do you think about what Kuzma's trying to sell us on?
5: I love Kyle Kuzma, the player, what he, you know, his his rookie year, what he did for the Lakers, but I don't think people are underselling them. I, I just don't. LeBron James, as great as he is, remember, that Cavaliers team last year is better than the Lakers team that is assembled right now, For, as far as experience and guys who have been there, done that, won a, won a championship, and they struggled. And I'm talking about struggled against the uh, against the uh, East. East. Yeah. And you're talking about. They went seven games with Ola and nobody with the Pacers. They had went seven games. This is with LeBron James against the Celtics with two stars missing, and it was a struggle. Now they're coming out west. I just they could be a seventh, sixth, seventh seed. People have them as a th- three seed or four seed. I just don't see that right off the bat. I think every team out West will look at them as a challenge, will be up for them game after game after game. I agree. There will be no easy games where people go, oh, the Lakers are coming to town. This will be a cakewalk. Listen, not at all.
3: You're actually helping make my point on the Eagles by making my point on the Lakers. The the, the thing that we can't account for is the fact that every team – or every fan base, and every team has that game circled. Like, there's 82 NBA games. Every game is not played at a high level. But when LeBron and the Purple and Gold come to town, it's played at a much higher level, right? Every seat is sold, and every, there's there's that. And they start out with a very difficult schedule. I think 12 of the first 15 games are against playoff teams from last year. But the big thing is, you can't account for what a team is going to be like, because they're going to play above their level. Like, now, LeBron's going to lift up their level, and I do think that the young players are going to be better because it's not a static environment, right? Brandon Ingram's going to be better. Josh Hart's going to be better. Lonzo's going to be better. Second year, thir- together, third year in the league, second
5: year in the league, they're going to be better. And then you add in LeBron. You hope so. Kwame Brown never got better. There's players who don't get better, Doug, in their second year. Would you admit that? Yeah, yes. You're okay. getting better. You're getting worse. Is okay. Brandon Ingram going to get better at 20 no, years old? I, I, I no, would think is Brandon Ingram going to get better or get worse. I would think he would get better. Is Josh Hart going to get better? I would think he would. Is Lonzo? Get better. Ba- Lonzo I'm not, Ball not ba- sure about Lonzo Ball. Lonzo Ball I'm is not Ga- convinced. L- Lonzo Ball I'm is going to get better yet. Okay.
3: So the the point is, I think they're
5: going to get better, and I think LeBron will raise their level, and I think their bench. Can LeBron fall down as he gets older? Father time yes. is undefeated. Everybody yes. thinks LeBron is going to win. That there's
3: there's no that's a it's a great point that's not made enough that LeBron James was not the same player defensively. He doesn't move, but he did. He played more games, but he wasn't as effective as active defensively, game in, game out, as he had been previously in his career. But, like you'd admit, the Lakers bench this year. Coming into the year, you know, like, look, Lance off the bench. Lance is a starter, don't love. Lance is a bench player, love. Rondo off the bench, love. JaVale McGee, starter bench, love. Especially considering he under he's bringing that culture that he learned in Golden State. My point is, I, I do think we don't account enough for how you're viewed, how the level of attention to each game. That's the big thing with the Eagles is they may be better, but everyone's going to be shooting for them because they're everybody's
5: biggest game, I, and that's the same thing with the Lakers. No, I, I agree with that with the Eagles, but I just think that you have a driving force when it's a quarterback yeah. who played at that level last year. You remember he ran through the NFL, and he was clearly the MVP before he got hurt in the final... Couple of games and it cost them. Yes. Look, Minnesota had a
3: had Case Keenum as their quarterback and they lost Dalvin Cook. We Dallas Cowboys didn't have Ezekiel Elliott for six games last year. That that changed. The the New York Giants lost all their wide receiving core. Their defense was fighting amongst themselves. Their head coach was a joke. Like their division is legit. I think the schedule and people's attention to them and the fact that frankly the NFC had a, a litany of injuries last year helped the Eagles just as it probably helped the Patriots as well. And I don't know if they're going to get that that benefit this year. Crazy Rob Parker. Check him out. And I mean that. In the I wasn't loving, that crazy lo- 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 today, was I? I was uh, like the, on the money. The NABJ, that's the National <laughs> Association of Black Journalists, uh, Journalist of the Year. Journalist of the
5: Year. It was a uh, definite um, honor, and I loved every minute of it. And I was back in Detroit for it, so it was great. Uh, all Thank right, you. Uh, but by the way, You just picked the. You said I might pick the Jets. I said said the Jetropolitans. Are they in the league? Uh, He's wearing a green tie, (laughs) a
3: green kerchief, and celebrating the national. NABJ's Journalist of the Year said he might pick the Jets to win the AFC East. Words, words to live by.
0: One more H.E.R.D.? The H.E.R.D. streams 24 hours a day, seven days a week within the iHeartRadio app. Search H.E.R.D. to listen live or on demand whenever you'd like. It's almost the end of the show, but that doesn't mean we're phoning it in. Nope, we grind to the very last segment. It's time for Best for Last. All right,
3: today for the Best for Last, the crew has come up with a game. It's a challenging game. That type of game can only happen in a place like New York where you have two teams who no one actually knows who's on their roster. It's called Jet or Met.
0: It's time for the game where we name a player and you have to guess if he's a New York Jet or a New York Met. Let's play Jet or Met with your host... A man whose name would have rhymed with Jet and Matt if it wasn't so damn French. John Goulet.
3: Very nice. Very nice,
0: uh, Mr. Right. Goulet. I
3: want to want to point out, I mean, like, listen. I, I usually, I get Madden. And yep. when I get Madden, that's how I remember what every skill position. You play every team sure. on Madden. And that's how you know, remember, oh, I, I remember he's on the team. I honestly have a tough time remembering who's on the Jets. And I got no idea who's on the
2: Mets right now. Well, this should be easy for you then. Okay. First one, Travis Swanson. Jet or Met? Yes, Jet or Met. Joy's going to jump in and play, too. What's your lean?
4: Travis Swanson? I'm going Met.
2: I'm with with Joy on this one. I'm going to go Met as well. Swanson sounds like a baseball name.
0: That guy's a Jet. Mm.
2: He's the third-string center out of Arkansas for the Jets. Next one, Ben
0: Braden.
4: Braden. I'm gonna go jet.
0: I'm gonna go Met. That guy's a jet.
2: Oh yeah. over two, dog. Brayden's a good
4: football name.
2: Who's Ben Braden? I mean, he, he is, is the British. third string left tackle out of Michigan. We're going third stringers like I mean
4: it's so fun if you, he if you, went you, to you, Michigan. Yeah, and you gotta you gotta he do that. He did go to Michigan.
2: Yeah. Go to Michigan. Okay, Jeff McNeil.
4: Jeff McNeil. Met.
2: That sounds like a jet. That guy's a Met. 0 oh for 3, Doug. Is he any he good? He is the Met second baseman. Is he? Yes. Apparently. No idea. I didn't know that either. No idea. Uh, Philip Evans. Jet. Going Jet as well.
0: That guy's a
2: Met. You are not good at this, Doug. Oh, for 4. <laughs> Joy's at least got a couple. She's uh, got he is one. The Met she got one. Third baseman. No, I got two. Yeah, she's got two. She got two. Yeah. She's killing it. Uh, she uh, Chad Hansen. Met or Jet?
4: Chad Hansen, uh Met.
3: Chad Hansen does sound like a Met, so I'm gonna go jet. That
0: guy's a Jet. Yeah.
3: Yes! <laughs> Wide receiver out of Cal. <laughs> Who knew?
4: That's a good strategy for these games, actually. Right,
3: right. Did you have did you like did you honestly did anybody this know? Did anybody say Chad Hanson? Like uh, Chad Hanson's parents are like, wait.
2: <laughs> oh yeah, the Jets. Honestly, we tried some out this morning in the meeting after you left, and yeah. I might have gone like oh for nine. Right. Uh Bobby Wall, Met or Jet? He Bobby Wall. You fight the wall and the Met. wall
3: won. You're going Met? Mm. I'll stick with you. I'll go Met on this one as well.
0: That guy's a
2: Met. Correct. Okay. He was actually their losing pitcher last night. Huh. They played uh, a baseball game last night?
3: Apparently. Uh, Brian Winters. Or wasn't Met the Dodgers jet? blowing another save? I wasn't really paying attention. Brian or, Winters? Yep. Or the Astros losing another one. Nine to row at home. What? Brian
2: Winters? Brian Winters. Jet. A Met or a Jet? That's a Met.
0: That guy's
2: a Jet. Starting right guard for the Jets out of Kent State.
4: I almost went to Kent State.
2: Kent Reed, Kent write, Kent State. That's what they call it. Oh, is it? Yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> like, wait, hold on. Let me take the entrance exam. Oh, okay, I'm I was going to run still track it. there. Still it. Are you track? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Met or Jet, Neil Sterling. Neil Sterling. Man. I mean, this is 90-man roster stuff here, right? This is not a starter. That,
3: is he's it? still currently a Jet or a Met. Yeah, we haven't had the September call ups for the Mets either. This would I'm going to go Met. I'm going to go Jet.
0: That guy's a Jet.
2: He's a tight end out of Monmouth, hmm.
3: Monmouth, which is in New Jersey. He's all Jersey all the time. Uh, Tyler Bachelor, Met. Uh, I can't wait to see who the next
2: Bachelor is. Um, sorry, that was terrible. I'll go Jet.
0: That guy's a Met.
2: Relief pitcher for the Mets. All right, I got two more. Brandon Shell, Met or Jet? Met. Go in
0: Jet. That guy's a Jet. Get better that or
2: Doug? I appreciate it. Okay, last one. Blake Wheeler. Mm. Blake Wheeler. No, that's not
3: the name. Wheeler, who's the pitcher for the Mets, that's not his that name. Is
2: Zach Wheeler, I believe. Yes. That is not So him. I'm going to go Jet. You're going to go Jet?
0: Uh, I'm going to go Jet, too. That guy's a Jet. All
2: right. Hey. But hold on. What? He's actually a Winnipeg <laughs> Jet. Oh, Ah! Very clever. And that is
0: Jet or Met. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all new 2025 Infinity QX80.
1: Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a Corolla built just for you. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places.
3: Traveling for college hoops this winter? Pro tip, stay at a graduate hotel.